are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. Hola amigos, this is Beck. This is episode 91. Today I'm talking to Chad Mitchell about how he uh, how he turned a hobby into a business and is now traveling as a digital nomad with his wife and daughter. Let's do this. All right, Chad Mitchell, what is up? Uh, the heat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, so, okay, you guys who are listening to this podcast, hilarious thing. I just was like, Chad, we're meeting. We haven't met before. We're just doing this podcast. And I'm like, oh, here in Bangkok, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I'm also in Bangkok. I was like, what? We're literally recording this podcast from like, we must be only a couple hundred feet away. Like, on it's not that big. I don't know where you are. But I'm right by the BTS right now. I don't, I don't know how far away you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so. It, I'm like, yeah, five minutes away. Usually I record these and someone's in like somewhere in the States or like South America. And this guy's like right down the road. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. So we're totally going for a beer later. Um, but anyways, Chad, uh, what are we talking about today? Oh, so. Uh, let's, why don't you introduce yourself first? Cause I'm excited about our topic today, which is, is, is related to nomad hobbies and passions and making a business out of that. But why don't you just get started by introducing yourself, what you're doing here, um, and how you make money right now. Yeah. So, um, I'm Chad, uh, and I have lots of hobbies and passions, but currently, um, I am the like, uh, global, uh, frontiers manager for a company called Birvana which is basically I get to travel and drink craft beer. So it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Dream job. So that's for like Vietnam, Indonesia, and Thailand. I get to travel all around in each of those countries and basically building up the market for and introducing people to craft beer. Yeah. So you're, ba- yeah. you're based here in Bangkok, right? Yep. My, my home base right now is Bangkok, yes. Cool. But I started up the Get branch, the Chiang Mai branch, now Isan, Katia, and then now we're doing Vietnam and Indo and Indonesia, Jakarta, Bali, Ho Chi Minh. Yeah. Dude, so that's it's pretty great. Wow. That's super I, awesome. I mean, I literally, my, my, my job is to take craft beer to people, share it with them, and tell them how great it is and why they should sell it, sell it at their, you know, their restaurant, bar, business. And, and then that was the beginning. Now it's actually like building up our company throughout the region, too. So you get to train people on how to sell craft beer. <laughs> Did you have any, and we should probably, I guess we're just kind of jumping straight into it. Did you have any um, experience in growing a business at this scale before you started? Absolutely not. No, no. I always wanted to, but I, and I dreamed, I was like, I'm going to go move abroad and my background's in IT. So technical and writing, (laughs) actually. So yeah, totally two different things, but but I really love brewing craft beer and I missed, um, I'm from California, Northern California which is like synonymous with craft beer. And, um, and so when I was traveling, I always had this dream of like, I'm going to go move to Asia and, you know, work part-time remotely doing technical work to make money and then figure out some kind of business. And I didn't know what it would be, but I knew, I mean, just kind of, kind of weirdly coincided with the craft beer, <laughs> which was my big time passion. We used to track you as we were, we were traveling around the world, my wife and daughter and I for two years and we would, every country would stop in, We'd randomly stop it at, um, randomly stop at Airbnbs and hostels that were near craft beer bars. And oh. my wife would always be like, you plan this? And I'm like, no. Really <laughs> <laughs> you know, we should really stay at that Airbnb. Why? Uh, there's a brewery right down the road. 
but it was just my passion. I really, in fact, I used to get teased, like, do you really think beer is going to make you a, you know, money sometime in the future? And I said, I don't know, maybe you doubt it, but so. <laughs> That's really cool. I love that you didn't plan that out, but it's like while you're traveling, while you're doing your thing, you know, some opportunity popped up. So how did that opportunity present itself? Like, how did you get started? Well, Thailand, it's illegal to brew. Um, but, but I was, I was home brewing down in Phuket and, um, I was looking at trying to get a work permit and I met a guy who set up a distribution company in China and I didn't even know what that meant. Distribution company, you know, didn't really understand so that concept at all. Mm. And he said, Hey, we want, we're going to need somebody to, to partner with to do craft beer. And we're going to get these guys, beer Vana, we're going to get their beer. Um, we're going to get their beer from Bangkok and you want to set up a little business down here in Phuket to sell, sell in Phuket. He's like, you're really passionate. I said, I have no experience in sales. I have, I mean, I have experience in beer because I love it, but not professionally. And he said, well, how about you just, you know, we do this together. And then long story short, folded that business in together with Birvana. Yeah. But I mean, it was just, just pure passion. I was just always talking about craft beer. So I, I thought my business would be IT, which is my mm -hmm. background or my writing. I've written a couple books, but I never thought it would be craft beer, but I mean, I was, it's a, it's a great thing. <laughs> That's Except that's a drink beer every day. It's really, really hard sometimes. <laughs> that's amazing. And so now your job is to travel around different countries and yeah. introduce them. So tell me about how, um, you know, let's expand the story a little bit. Uh, how your, so you started selling it in Phuket, kind of set it up, it started working. They, they absorbed you or like, do you work for them? How does that work? So, um, there's a partnership that I had done there. Um, that partnership wasn't really working. So it was really cool. I approached, Birvana had been going for about two years here in Thailand. And I, I approached the, the founder and I said, you know, I really, in this point in my life, I don't really want to work for anybody, but I would love to, I've already started this business. What about you buy me out? And I become a part of Birvana. And we reached an a, a agreement along those lines where basically like, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little part of it. I'm a little bit of a, I have a, a small, uh, part, I'm a small partner in it, but I, I'm, I'm a partner in the business and I get to, you know, grow the business externally. So it's pretty cool. Like it was a really cool, I mean, really good on Birvana and really good on, on, on everyone involved. Like, like everyone really like pulled together to make it all happen. So it's pretty sweet. But the opportunity is just, I mean, it was really amazing how it all rolled together. <laughs> There's like a lot of pieces that went into that, you know? Yeah. So a little bit like confusing. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's not confusing at all. It's uh, it's really incredible and and awesome. And um, I think it's a what a lot of people are dreaming, you know, dreaming of. If they have a hobby or something, they're like, well, how would I even make money from this? I think it's important to look at like right. different angles and like different opportunities. Did you randomly meet this guy in Phuket? Yeah. So he was uh, he was a. We were actually my daughter was taking ballet lessons in Phuket, and his daughter was. Oh. And so we became friends. And I was homebrewing. And so I would just constantly be like, hey, I brought some homebrew. I brought some homebrew. Check out this beer. And, and um, it was like, I guess my passion was a bit infectious. So he was <laughs> like, you know, he actually kind of semi-retired from distribution. But he's like, well, maybe he'll, he, he was getting started a new business. And he's like, okay, maybe you want to do this with me? And I was like, he's like, you, you are, all you ever do is talk about craft beer. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it for no money. I'll do whatever it takes. Let's just do it, you know. So, yeah, that's, that's like so fun. Like I think, cause, um, one of my, I don't have a lot of separate hobbies than, than business and, and I mean, travel is kind of a by the way thing. 
and like set out to do it really it's just kind of like happens but like in business I'm yeah. always talking about but you know go home for Christmas or whatever and like yeah. like oh business you could do a business from this you could start a thing you could do and so people are like oh my lord like I'm the one that they will come to if they have business questions you know or like online stuff like I'm that person so I think it's important when you have a hobby like that to like really make it known to people and then you can I mean that's what I do for a living and I love it that's awesome yeah so you, yeah. you turned it your, your you have turned your hobby into a business well, <laughs> your i have in a way for sure like i'm trying to, i keep looking for these other other hobbies i'm like well like maybe i could like archery like go to I'm like i had fun but it's not like something that i'm you, you you know you kind of know what you spend your time doing i someone i can't remember the quote but someone was talking about it's like the thing that you do and this could be dodgy let's not make it um where I, late late at night no one's no one's like around and you're just like doing something you know like you're you're following your whatever your passion is um and and i like i'm reading vlog like blogs and watching vlogs on business do you know what i mean like online business i'm just there like hanging out you know i'm working on my business yeah. thing so yeah i imagine that you're doing brewing pretty fun do you do you wonder if um yeah so oh sorry go ahead no go ahead go ahead are you worried that you might get sick of it since you're getting paid to do it now? Um, yeah, no. I mean, like I said, I've, for many years, I always want to start my own business and do something along these lines. And I have a lot of hobbies and passions. I have too many. <laughs> like, I have a lot of things I get passionate about. Um, and, and I get really into them. So at this point, I've chosen. I think it's different because this is something I've actually chosen that I really want to do. And I'm doing for business. And it's kind of like this perfect marriage where, like, it's, it's business. I focus on it as a business, but I also have this love of it as a hobby. So there's this like really nice, um, like I still treat it like a job, but I also get to explore my hobby at the same time. So it keeps me more balanced when, if it's just a hobby, I get like side, you know, it's just for fun and it's just a job. I don't like it at all. This one I'm, it's been three years. I'm not tired. Let me put it that way. I mean, I get, I get tired of drinking beer sometimes, <laughs> honestly, which I never thought I'd say in my entire life, but there's times where I'm like, I would really rather not go out and taste a beer right now. Um, <laughs> with my new role, it's not all the time, but it's still a lot. But anyways, yeah, getting tired of it. I don't know. I, it, there's always something new and exciting and energizing about this. That it's like the professionalism married with the hobby that if I get tired of the work part of it, I fall back on the hobby side of it. If I get tired of the hobby side of it, I can go back to like, just you gotta make it done, you know, work. And I don't know. It's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. I mean, starting, even though it's been three years, I still am learning so much every day. I can't imagine getting bored yet or tired of it. So, Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So you must know just about, I mean, I would think you'd know just about everything there is to know about it, but I guess there's just levels and levels and levels of learning. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, when I started Puget, it was just such a small market. I was learning, okay, how do I sell craft beer? Then it was, I was learning how to set up distribution and logistics. And then now it's, it's evolving every day. So now my new role is like we're setting up uh, Vietnam. So I'm flying back and forth to Vietnam. I'm starting from square one of taking the lessons I learned of like, how do I sell beer and how do I um, set up logistics and operations? But then it's a whole new country. So it's new languages. And <laughs> so yeah, it's, it doesn't really get disinteresting yet. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you, um, do you think that there are similarities between you know, doing this craft beer, you know, learning all the stuff, distribution, like, could you now repeat that process with a different product? Absolutely. So a lot of my spare time is, uh, 
is basically reading and understanding like like entrepreneurship and business and like I'm constantly reading like like personal MBA books all the mm-hmm. time because I'm looking at this because one of the things my background is IT I look at things as systems right. so I'm always kind of when I do is kind of figuring out how this could apply to like someday I want to start another business that's probably 100% my own company right. and I would love to apply the lessons and be able to repeat it over and over so so yeah I definitely think it's like the building blocks of doing your own business or a lot of things I'm learning can be applied to almost any business. So <laughs> that's really how I manage people and time. <laughs> yeah, it's a really tell me to stop. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's great. It's such a handy set of skills to have. You know, like I, I learn a lot of the, um, I don't even know, like maybe theoretical stuff. Even you know, like online, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot, of, and you can get yeah. stuff just in that stage. And right. I, I do a lot of stuff, you know, as far as the online part goes, but for as far as physical products go, I wouldn't even know where to start. And it does sound pretty exciting. So it's interesting to learn from you. Yeah. Um, when you got started uh, in this business, how did you transition in terms of money? You have a family to support, et cetera. How did you transition over from earning your old income to your new one? Do you still do IT stuff at all? I do some side, side IT stuff. Yes, I do that as well. Um, so it's been a, actually kind of like a, like a, a scale. I've been kind of like dialing that back down as this one gets more, you know? So it's just kind of, that one's all the IT stuff. I, I don't do hardly at all anymore. So it is, it's very little, but it's still just enough to kind of hopefully make ends meet. So, and luckily my wife is also, she's a web designer, digital nomad. She's, oh. she's a writer. So she's also helping with that. So help me kind of like when, when this, when the pay scale does suffer, when I'm used to the IT cup money, and I start letting that go. Like she's been luckily able to meet that middle. It's, it's nice to have a partner in crime. <laughs> yeah, that is helpful. And as your, how old's your daughter? Uh, she's now almost seven. Oh, awesome. Are you training her to be a little digital nomad? Yeah, I, I always tell her when she talks about, uh, she's going to school, she's in second grade and she's saying, you know, I wanna, what do you want to do in the future? She's like a scientist. I'm like, okay, so you want to own your own business? Like about it. <laughs> I'm always telling her like, do your own thing, do your own thing. Work, you may, you help give other people jobs, you know, like do your, or work for yourself. Don't work for someone else. You know? I love it. It's possible. Yeah. Right. She helps me brew beer. She helps me. She likes writing a lot. She writes books. Like she's going like crazy. So she just writes little stories all day long. So mm-hmm. who knows? That's cool. So when you guys were traveling, how um, difficult was it to like to travel with a kid? And like, did you, is that part of the reason that you stayed in one place? So actually kind of, well, uh, first part, was it difficult with the kid? Um, it's different. It's very different. Um, when we set out, we actually, part of the reason we left the States, we almost stayed for a minute. We both had really good jobs. We both had really good family and friends. And they said, you know, oh, but we're both very stubborn. And we talked about leaving for a long time. And once we had our, our daughter, they said, oh, well, now you won't leave. And we said, watch us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, and we knew that she was free to fly before she was two. So it's okay to start flying when she's one. And we left and we traveled, oh my God, 30, 40 flights, you know, uh, 10, 15 countries in her first year of travel. And yes, there was times where most time was awesome. I mean, people around the world treat kids really well, actually. Like Mm -hmm. it opens up doors I never saw before as a backpacker or as, you know, like, you know, just kind of traveling through life. It was it's weird how much more welcoming and warm, especially like Asia or Europe is to, to you, like they accept you and trust you. Even I've got tattoos and everything. They didn't that. Oh, hold on one second, sir. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, 
anyways, yeah, so it was amazing how they like would just completely open up doors and like, you know, take the best seat in the ta- at the table. And uh, it was really cool. But um, the opposite side is when you go to countries like that have more of a nightlife scene, there were times where like, oh, I want to go out and do some fun stuff. And you're, you know, you couldn't. So we were in Budapest. <laughs> that was difficult. So in they had, like, a lot of nighttime. Yeah, they had a lot of nighttime um, raves in uh, hot springs and stuff. And I was like, that'd be really fun. But yeah, eh, kind of impossible with a two-year-old at <laughs> that time. So. Wow. Well, um, all right. Well, do you want to jump into the quick fire round? Are you ready for that? I think so. Let me blow those questions again. <laughs> I'm, prepared. I'm not going to ask you all of them. Yeah, I, uh, I just sent you a few. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to mix them up for you actually a little bit because uh, you're not as nomadic and I got some, I, there's some beer versions. Question number one. What's your favorite craft beer? Um, there's one from Knee Deep out of Lincoln, California um, called Simtra. It's a triple IPA. It's 11.2% alcohol, but it is so super easy to drink. 11.2? 11.2. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. And the coolest thing is I never thought that I'd ever see that beer in Asia. And at one point a year ago, we were deciding on new brands. And I said, can we bring in Simtra? And we did. So you can find it here in Thailand once, once in a while. I love it. So you're like, I'll, I'll volunteer one. Yeah. You just get to bring in whatever you want. That's awesome. There's such a small brewery. I never thought we'd get them, but it did. <laughs> so highly, highly recommend that beer. That's killer. Um, what's something that you have, like a real difficulty that you've had living overseas that you're like, oh, freak. But, um, you know, just like maybe a low point. I want just tell us about a, a low point that you experienced. It happens actually about once a year. Missing friends and family. It's, mm. it's tough. We had a good community in Northern California of really close friends and family. And that's the hardest part. We have good friends and family here, here now, but, you know, extended family, friends that are family. But, you know, especially around Christmas time and stuff, it's, it's rough sometimes. I'm like, I just want to be home and, like, enjoying, like, some local food and yeah. just giving my friends a hug. That sounds amazing, you know. But, mm-hmm. So that, that's the hardest part for sure. Everything else is pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. How often do you get home? Um, we've promised ourselves to go home once a year, but it's really difficult to do that. So it's usually about once every year and a half, every two years. Mm. We're going back in July, so. Cool. It's a horrible flight, like to go, you know, via, I don't know, Taiwan or Korea, Japan, Hong Kong. It's just, that, that flight is bad. I don't like enjoy it at all. Um, yeah, uh, you got to go for at least three weeks. Yeah, otherwise it's just not worth it. I did a two-week trip the other, I guess last month, and it was just like, oh, like why? <laughs> Where are you from, actually? Sorry. I'm actually from New Zealand. Okay, okay. That's still yeah. pretty far, right? I mean, you're not it's, as far as that, but... I never go home. Like, I, I went home for my sister's wedding, and that was it. I'm not, I'm not really... I don't need to go home, particularly. Yeah. I miss food probably more than people, if I'm honest. <laughs> 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 I'm not There's ashamed something... to admit it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what, what is your favorite uh, country to nomad in other, other than obviously Thailand, which, which you love? So I thought Thailand was the ultimate best place in the world. And then I went to Portugal. And Portugal ah. is just, I mean, wow. Especially for me because I'm from near San Francisco and they have a Golden Gate Bridge also in both <laughs> places. So Lisbon has a Golden Gate Bridge. And so, I don't know, Portugal's wow. I mean, if, in a few years, I would love to possibly live there for a while. So. Yeah, it feels like a, I don't want to say like a step up from Thailand because it's not like that, but it, 
And I do feel like it's like uh, kind of next level, you know. Some some things like service. I really I really enjoyed it. The the language. I enjoyed learning the language a lot better than I'm trying to learn Thai. Easy to learn after trying to learn Thai or Chinese. <laughs> you know. um, yeah, good food, man. Yeah, and and the history as well. Great food. Yeah, yeah. The history of Which is another one for traveling. Good food and good beverage. <laughs> yeah, those are my my top two every time. Um, okay, what about what's a cause uh, a cause that you care about, like a social cause or a environmental or a charity or something like that? Like my passions, there's a lot, but I think. One thing that always gets me a lot, I think traveling is orphans, like orphans, like throughout, throughout Southeast Asia, like not so bad. I mean, I know they're here in Thailand as well, for sure. But like when I go to Vietnam, I see little kids on the side of the street, like begging for money. That's, ugh, I, I can't stand it. Ever since having a daughter, I think it just, I just want to like grab them and rescue them so bad. And I, mm-hmm. someday I want to do something to do some kind of volunteer service to that. And it's, yeah, I can't, it's, it breaks my heart. You know? Yes. hundred percent. I a chance to do anything and they're, you know, and I feel a lot for animals too, but like, I don't know, seeing little kids, like, it's a breaking heart. <laughs> yeah. to do is, yeah. um, I'm going to, for this episode, I'm going to look up a, uh, a charity. There's, I think it was one called, I think it's called Sanuk or something. It's in, it's in Thailand. Yeah. I think it's in Bangkok. Yeah. And it's like a homeless kids, um, like an orphanage kind of thing, I think. Yeah. Let me, let me get the details together and I'll put them in the show notes for this episode. Which if you're listening, you can find them at digitalnomad.me um and and find those show notes for this episode um yeah some there was a few digital nomads who were talking about this uh company called sanuk s a n u k i think not the shoes there's sanuk shoes (laughs) um so what is your advice for someone who and i i often ask this about digital nomads like people who want to be a nomad but what's your advice for someone who has a hobby like um brewing craft beer or uh etc like some some hobby that they're like man this is the best and i don't i would love to make money from it and i don't know how like what's your advice for that person i think well it's always hard like when you're at your home like at home like northern california you know craft beer nerds are a dime a dozen one really cool thing about when you're traveling a lot is that you're introducing maybe something that people don't know much about so you're an expert at it Mm. you know like you can be an expert as something that you're just a, it's your biggest hobby, but you know more about that subject than almost anybody, even in your hometown. Especially as you travel and you go to new places, you'll introduce something to somebody like craft beer or something else that nobody else has any knowledge about. So you're, you're the utmost expert. So with that, I mean, it's easy to turn that into a, a business if you just have some passion and you look at import for, for products or you can be a consultant or, or just introduce people to it. And you'll, you'll probably get people interested in taking classes on whatever you have a passion for. Mm. Yeah, great advice. I, I think a lot of times people um, let that let that fear and, and the uncertainty of like, well, I don't, I, there's no outcome that's guaranteed, and I don't know if this is going to work. Like, I don't know, and then they just kind of listen to those fears and um, stuff in their heads. But it's important to get ready to take those opportunities. Like you had that opportunity, you jumped into it, and now you're like actually <laughs> leveraging that opportunity into more and bigger opportunities. Yeah, exactly totally yeah just take those opportunities and like don't be afraid like it's scary as anything to be like i don't know how to do this but i'm gonna do it anyways because mm-hmm. i mean what's the worst that can happen like you're back to where you were when you, before you tried it so okay <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly um okay well look where can people find you online chad to connect with you and maybe um check out some of your beers 
uh, Facebook. Uh, I think it's like transient Chad. Um, but also like if my website's not really updated right now very much. Um, probably best to look at either chadrmitchell.com, Chad R. Mitchell, or that's my writing. But if you look up our, our, or my wife also had our travel blog, I'm plugging way too much, uh, and three to go.com. But that was our, our digital diary, basically of our entire travels. So you can reach me through those channels and I'll respond. Awesome. We will have those links in the show notes. Chad, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and uh, yeah. I'd like to have a beer with you. ASAP. Yeah, absolutely. ASAP. Yeah. That'd be great. Let's do it. Great. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.